0: So somebody says, they say, it's funny because I don't know if blah, 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 blah. You've done it. I've done it. Lots of people do that. Well, they'll start a sentence by saying, it's funny that blah. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean to be humorous. It's just a a common colloquialism we use in English to start a point.
1: Yeah.
0: To start a sentence. Some dumbass. I didn't say this, but somebody somebody else said, it's funny because I don't even know blah, blah, blah. Some dumbass replied to the original person and said, it's not funny. Not everything is a jokey with it. He's 100% serious. And it's like, he didn't say it's funny. Ha ha. Mm -hmm. So I said, I literally typed to him colloquialism definition, a word or phrase that is not formal or literary. Typically one used in ordinary or familiar conversation. I just Googled the dictionary definition and sent it to him. He didn't mean funny, funny. Mm -hmm. His reply to me, I don't really care and don't want to. It's like, okay, good. I'm so glad you decided to interact. Thank you for coming (laughs) to this TED Talk.
2: Boy, he he just pulled the cord immediately.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised I wasn't immediately blocked.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's like the next, after you sent the definition to him, that's the next message you get, you are blocked by this user. That
0: that happened in the GTA thing, in fact. Uh, Well, they didn't block me, but it was the same situation where some, I'm just going to say, some bitch. Was like, oh, I can't believe people don't want to play as a woman in GTA, they're so sexist. And I was like, I sent her the definition of the word straw man, which I'd have to look up again. But it's like, oh, <laughs> you've made a ridiculous argument, and I know you're full of shit. And it's like, bah, have that. This is what this is my new thing now. It's like, I know fake arguments when I see them because I make real and fake arguments all the damn time. I pretend shit, so I know when someone else is pretending. This is the internet's worst gaming podcast. I'm your host Loki S. Charson. With me here again today is my good friend Joe F. Sizzy. I think that was the middle initial we just cited.
2: Yes, yes, but the F has a different meaning every time we ask about it. It's a uh, it, it's it's like that. It's like that. Like that story, an old war veteran will give about that scar he got. It's different every time he tells it.
0: Oh yeah, when he say when he says to Rachel, "Do you want to know how I got these scars?" and then he's like, "Oh, his dad." Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but then the next time he tells Batman, "Yeah, I know." Uh, how have you been?
2: <laughs> I've been good. I've been good. I, uh, I, it's, I say this every time I think, but it's I'm amazed on how long it takes. You know how long the time passes between these shows, and.
0: I, well, life happens, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, no, I, I don't mean it to. Be that way because I do enjoy this. I do enjoy talking games with you. It's just we do that all the time, and we just but... yeah. We
0: we don't record it, unfortunately. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see, that's that's our problem. We should do just record on Skype more often, like you're suggesting.
0: Or figure out how Discord works. Somebody tell me,
2: please, because I don't get it.
0: I'm too old. Uh, uh,
2: I mean, I used it a little bit when. Well, I, I used it a lot when I was playing Final Fantasy XIV with my brother, but I only got as far as how to add friends and how to invite them to chats and that was it. How to influence people. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Yeah. You think I'd be here?
0: Uh, <laughs> I think I think we should just get right to the most recent big story. Uh, there have been several showcases and we want to talk about games from showcases, you know, Directs or PlayStation Directs what they're called. I don't remember. States of Plays, you can, but mm-hmm. uh the most recent big story that we put off talking about was the GTA 6 leaks.
2: Yes. Yeah, just not even a week since this recording.
0: Mhm. It'll be another week before I release this, but it's still in the recency.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean this is and this is still relatively big news uh, mm-hmm. and this is without a doubt the biggest leak or one of the biggest leaks. I I, the Half-Life 2 1 might still hold the crown. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't really I wasn't really big into the uh, Internet scene back then. That sounds real old manish, like, but uh, it was like
0: 2006, though,
2: right? 2005. I think it was early in that. I think I thought it was like 02, when that happened. <laughs> and for what I remember, or at least what I've been, I've read about it over the years, is that one still, I think, h- kind of holds a special place in, you know, leaker's hearts because it was just it was that was an old-fashioned hacking job. Like uh, it was some kid in Germany or Switzerland hmm. or whatever with a, you know, in his basement with his dad's computer and he you know, like a scene out of the movie's Hackers, he just got into, he actually got into Valve systems from the outside and whatnot but
0: uh, Yeah, this new one was a similar idea in that he was just like piggybacking off one of the uh, employees that left their shit open or something
2: Yes, I believe this hack job with uh, involving Rockstar GTA 6 uh, there was a lot more social engineering involved uh, mm-hmm. I don't know the full details but he somehow was able to get this get this employee's information or fish it out of him uh, to get into his Slack account and yeah it was. this was the first time I ever heard about Slack because I've never been in a workplace that has used it <laughs> but apparently uh uh you know, speaking of talking about Discord, from what I've heard layman's terms, it's basically Discord for businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a place where employees can chat with each other, send IMs, uh, upload you know, images, video files, or whatever, it, you know, data files, all that kind of good stuff.
0: It's basically WhatsApp, but less stupid.
2: Yeah, a little more a little more buttoned up. If it were hmm. a little more professional, freshly done. So, but uh, yeah, he somehow got this guy's info for his account and, you know, he's able to just basically just get to the account and download all these images and video files and then upload them to the GTA forms. Um,
0: and then they're once they're on the internet, they're everywhere on the internet
2: yeah, everybody saved it and everybody's now an uh, NFT owner and uh, <laughs> they own those images and can never be taken away from them. But uh, yeah, this guy just kind of he dropped the, the gaming leak bomb of the decade. And so, then... Okay, now,
0: now I'll dispute this point because uh, I don't know that this is bigger necessarily. It might be bigger from like a like a managerial or business or consequence standpoint, but from like a gaming meta, you know where the where trending topics occur and where discussion on forums and Reddit's is. I think Last of Us Two leak was bigger in terms of impact.
2: You're probably right. I I think when I think it was big in the fact that it was Rockstar and yes, there
0: you would never think this could happen to them. This it, shit happens to Sony all the time
2: yeah they they you know rockstar they they, they are a huge business put uh, put it lightly and they play things very close to the chest and as far as I, as far as i know i've never heard of their systems having any incursions whatsoever before this um and you, and it sounds like from everything you you hear they run things very very tightly they run a tight ship over there so yes. it's 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 big in that fact, but um, it 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 wasn't exactly it, it wasn't it's it's not like it was a surprise that they were working on the next Grand Theft Auto game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I, I I don't I don't know how deep you're gonna go. I don't want
0: to necessarily talk about specifics, JIC, just in case you know whatever. But uh, we can talk overall a broad spectrum. But my point of the of the comparison to Last of Us two leaks is like. There are lots of people who saw these GTA 6 leaks, myself included, who was like, you know what, this looks better than I imagined, pretty good, a few years off, I'm interested to play it, you know, I can't say more or less, but it's good to see progress, whereas Last of Us 2 leaks, a lot of the discourse was, oh, thank god I don't have to play this now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it seems like, uh, from what I remember, the, the leaks of the Last of Us 2 were a little further along in the development cycle.
0: Yes, it was, it was basically almost done, and then uh, PlayStation was forced to give out a
2: release date shortly thereafter. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And in the Last of Us 2 cases, the things that got leaked were the main story points, which is the mm, biggest... It's a story game, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the biggest draw of a game like that, so...
0: Do, do either of us really care what the story of Grand Theft Auto 6 is?
2: <laughs> no, no. And, I mean, the things were were show were just characters walking around, pointing a gun, just kind of doing, just demonstrating how the world looks and you know Mm. how it plays. A lot of physics testing. Yeah, yeah. And like you, I was actually I was pretty impressed at how it looked. I think it uh, it looked as good, or maybe slightly better than GTA V did on the current consoles. And I'm interested to see how how much better will look as the development goes on. And I'm sure it'll still be a couple of years before it even comes out.
0: Hmm. The, uh, the real, I guess, criminal element of this is that, you know, no specifics, but on the screen, there was a lot of lines of code. And if maybe you were more advanced at programming than I am, you would understand easier what was on there. But one of the things about programming code is that you can uh, copyright it. You can make it proprietary to your company. So you're showing someone else's code that's super illegal more than let's say a cutscene from uh, Tulu 2*, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, which uh, basically just reinforces the fact that this he was just downloading these files from a uh, chat that they the employees were sharing amongst each other and mm-hmm. just kind of you know comparing, you know, like putting it putting it on the. Uh, slack room or whatever they call it and just sharing their work and you know uh reprising it amongst themselves so yeah it wasn't like he downloaded the teaser trailer early and then just threw it out there no Mm -hmm. yeah it was actual yeah a little uh yeah there's you know showed some of the the meat and meat and bones of the actual work uh,
0: i think it was late last year early this year street fighter 6 had a leak too and then showed the whole roster of the, the launch roster for the game next year. And, uh, Kafka will come out and say, Oh man, we're really sorry. You had to see that, but we're happy that you're excited to play the game. So they had, you know, gradually had to release their roster quicker than they anticipated.
2: Yeah. No, it, it's like, what else can they do at that point? Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's out there. Well,
0: I would say Rockstar is the most aggressive at this point because of, you know, the patterns like you, this happens to fucking Ubisoft all the time. The, the most recent one, Mirage got leaked like a week before they officially announced it. And But it's so frequent with Ubisoft that they never do anything about it. They don't give a fuck. It's like, ah, another employee leaked our data again. Oh well, what are you gonna do? You know, Capcom was kind of like hat, hat in hand, all shucks about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I know Naughty Dog went after people. Uh, Rockstar may have had the longest possible reach in that they actually found, allegedly found the person who hacked the employee in the first place.
2: Yeah, that just came out yesterday. Um, apparently, this hacker—he's a 17-year-old kid in the UK, and it was actually, yeah, it was uh, UK police. I think it was in Orks- Oxfordshire where they made the arrest. And apparently, they had a uh, investigation going in, uh, they were cooperating with the FBI, who were mm-hmm. also tracking down this hacker group that this kid was a part of, but. Because For- they
0: were asking, like, a U- U- Uber Uber services too, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's... I don't know if he specifically, or if he's the group he's a part of, was also tied to, yeah, hacking to Uber technologies. And uh, I'm not really sure the details all bad and what they, you know, got. But I imagine it's the same, you know, sort of, uh, you know, they same tactics they used. It was just social engineering and getting someone's personal info and hacking that way, but because in a lot of, uh, apparently in a lot of circles from what I've read online, this kid is like, even in the quote unquote, you know, hacking circles, he's not well-regarded and that he's as far he, he doesn't really, he's not really knowledgeable in the technical side of that kind of stuff. But a lot of the, so, you know, I'm you know, a lot of hacking is, is what they, you know, like I said, they call social engineering. It's, finding just finding a way to get these guys get these employees info and I think the way he did it is I believe he got the he basically just bombarded this guy's computer with those two-step verifications Mm. and then when it became such a nuisance he like somehow this guy you know he was able to send this guy his number and he he impersonated a uh, a you know employee of a, you know like like whatever their software they use, and that's how he got that information. He was able to just yeah like like I said, fish it out of this guy. And I think they use the same same tactic for the Uber hack. But
0: what, this doesn't really require any programming knowledge. I mean, with a little research, your average citizen could do this. Which really just is, exposes how flawed a lot of the security systems are because they require people to be in charge of them
2: yeah no it's it's you're definitely right it's the uh, chain is only as uh, the link is only as strong as uh you know you're okay i got that backwards but you know what i mean no, I, I just, yeah yeah <laughs> mixed metaphor yeah.
0: uh do you think rockstar fires this employee because i
2: would uh i'd be surprised if they haven't haven't already um yeah, don't have... Obviously don't have any idea who it was. A name never got released or anything. But, yeah, if they're not gone, then it, I'd be amazed.
0: They haven't gotten rid of whoever's doing it at Ubisoft for over a decade. Because it just keeps happening. They don't seem to give a
2: shit. Yeah, um, yeah that that seems kind of weird to Ubisoft. They you would think they would have the same <laughs> sort of resources and capabilities that Rockstar would if they really wanted See, to pursue this. <laughs>
0: this this is where conspiracy theorists come in, right? Because it's like, okay, this was an outside interference, so they went after him hard. Ubisoft's consistent problem is seems to be, I have no idea, internal, like an actual employee is pre-leaking this stuff they were going to show anyways. That's basically done. Like Ubisoft leaks don't ever have source code; they have product, and it's like, here's the cutscene, here's the name of the game, here's where it takes place, here's who's starring in it, you know, etc., like that.
2: Yeah, I, I've heard those theories myself. That uh, that these companies allow this, or it's kind of a it's a controlled leak, like you said. I heard that
0: with Capcom with the Street Fighter thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's they like, do, oh they wanted this to happen. Yeah, they just do it to and, generate buzz around their game.
0: And I think the Rockstar thing proves that no, they really don't want this to happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Another outcome from it, I don't know if you're following it on on Twitter, but another outcome from it is, uh, I don't know who, but I've explained this to before on this this show. Some dumbass will say dumb thing, and then a million people will jump on that dumbass. Some dumbass was dismissing GTA 6 because the graphics weren't very good, and he said that graphics are one of the first things done in the game. Now, we both know that's a stupid statement, and we don't need to move on from we, we can move on from it. One million game developers decided to jump on that dude and show, here's an early build from our game that looks like this when we first started it. Oh, it's just polygons and shapes and blocking. It's like Yes, we fucking know. We don't need to dunk on this dude. <laughs> but a lot of other developers saw that it as, like, oh, it's a tide of support for Rockstar. It's like, are you... It's a weird cognitive dissonance, because it's kind of been Rockstar versus other companies for years now, but now that their systems have become vulnerable, you want to show that you're on the same side as them? Because they've got a huge market share you don't have.
2: Eh, I'm very suspicious. Yeah, it's like the classmates sticking up for the bully all of a sudden. It's like, yeah... I
0: yeah it's like three weeks ago before any of this nonsense right everyone hates rockstar because of predatory business practices and stuff with strauss and they're increasing the price of the games at 2k and uh fucking shark cards and hashtag save red dead online after this leak nothing everybody's on their side but i got like i said earlier i don't i can't say that i'm more or less excited for gta 6 i was gonna play it anyway It's just nice to see, you know, yeah, they are working on it. Yeah, they're making progress. Yeah, they've got a lot more done. I can't say that I would have thought of because it's been fucking nine years. But, uh, this isn't coming out until
2: 24. I'd say at the earliest, yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, like you, I was planning on playing it anyways. Uh, it's nice to see that it's being it's set in vice city at least for some part of it so mm-hmm. that's not that, you know, that's it's always good that was one of my that was probably my favorite city to play I,
0: uh, while we're here i want to debunk this whole like a notion of uh there's another false narrative going around it's like oh you can switch between generic white man protagonist and this latino woman and <laughs> lies and slander going around that like, oh people don't want to play as a woman and they're just straw manning all day long and that's been going on for quite a few years. It's ramped up recently. I would just like to put both of that, that to bed between us two here. We have no problem and do not care about the gender of the protagonist.
2: No, I I certainly don't. In fact, I, heck, I made a female protagonist from a GTA Online yeah. character. So, yeah, I mean, it. it as long as she's, you know, interesting and Dare I say, good looking? I would go with likable. Uh, uh, likable would be also good too. <laughs> but at least with a GTA game, if she's an insufferable character, it still wouldn't be a bad thing because it's almost like you would expect it in a game. Like you GTA. you play, with,
0: you play murderer psychopaths every game.
2: Yes, yeah. It's, <laughs> these these are not good. These are not good people we're playing no. as They might be charm charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some way. He may grow attached to them. That's understandable. Heck, I mean, I've liked Darth Vader since I was six <laughs> years old. And he's murdered millions, so... It's possible to like bad people. That's, that's the other, Or it, at least it, f- bad fictional people. Yes,
0: absolutely. That's the other thing about um, the leak situation. It's all story mode, as far as we can tell. So, you know, Grand Theft Auto, the last ten years, has not made its money back from people playing the story mode. They've made it from the online, and we've seen no things... You know, it's the basic systems, right? So, like, whatever the protagonist can do in the game, you're going to be able to do in the online. So it's a sort of preview, I guess, but that's not where everyone's going to be spending their time in GTA 6.
2: No, and it's... You you can be certain that there's going to be an online for GTA 6 just because how much money the online for 5 made, and heck, 5 will probably still be making lots of money even when 6 comes out. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, for me at least, and I, a lot of people play these games for their single player modes. Uh, I mean, you can just you can see that just on how much, how many copies Red Dead Redemption 2 sold, mm-hmm. and that game had it online, but they didn't. I mean, they didn't invest nearly as much time or resources in that no. than they do in GTA O.
0: And I don't think they're so, ever but, going to.
2: No, they've they've all but said that they're just it's dead they're just gonna stop putting any effort into it which is sad because that's such a just such a great game to play and such a fun world to play mm-hmm. in and I wanted to see more out of it but I mean from a business standpoint I can see their I can see their logic GTA makes more money as a as a much higher player base.
0: My brother Thomas, who's on on the show frequently with me now, uh, still plays GTA. He's... I can't remember how many years he's been playing and recording videos for his YouTube channel. He's never played the story mode, not even once, never booted it up. Doesn't care.
2: (laughs) That's that's remarkable, especially since these games started off as single-player games. There was no online.
0: Yeah, I remember I you, me full... and Rob did play some of GTA four online, right?
2: Uh I believe we did, yeah. I can't yeah. remember
0: anything we did. <laughs> I know we I know we did it.
2: Yeah, I, I I can't either. Um It it wasn't I mean it was a lot more bare bones than than Fives online mode hmm. was, obviously. But uh yeah, I do remember that. I think it was probably I think we just did like general deathmatch stuff. I don't know. I see, I don't even remember if there was like a free roam in that in GTA 4 online. I don't I think we I think it might have just been in, you know, lobbies and then certain game types, game modes. And I'm not sure if there was an online free roam. Uh
0: my my wish list for online of GTA 6 would be to limit player interaction because uh, one of the reasons I certainly stopped playing GTA Online is, you know, you walk out of your apartment and you explode. You know, you're driving your car and then you explode. You're trying to buy a hat and you explode. He's uh, like, oh, you can go into safety mode. He's like, yes, then you also can't do any interactions. It's like, well, then you need a server by yourself. Then suddenly you're not playing online anymore. So it, it, it's become Griefing Simulator, the game. And uh, I'm too old to put up with that shit. So, like, less of that in 6, but keeping, you know, the core idea that I don't know what they're going to do or how, how they would fix what I see as a problem. They obviously don't see as a problem.
2: Uh, Well, I'll tell you what fix a lot of that is being able to make your own private room hmm. and just only have, be able to allow your friends or people that you invite to come in. and As far as I know, that you still can't do that to this day. Now, there are kind of...
0: they workarounds.
2: Excuse me. There's yeah workarounds to doing that you know like if you join a room and then unplug your ethernet cable and then plug it back (laughs) in you'd have to ask my brother because he does this all the time
0: but yeah he knows how to do
2: it yeah um yeah no but it's it's unnecessary hassle when it should just be a click of the button mm -hmm. and there you go i mean i mean there you go that's a ton of headaches already already fixed right there
0: uh but hey, we're both looking forward to it. Best of luck to everyone at Rockstar, and best of luck to uh, that kid who probably won't honestly get that much jail time. But it is the UK, and they are totalitarian regime, so I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a minor, but uh, I don't know. You know, hey, they may wait. They may wait to try him before till he turns eighteen. I mm-hmm. don't know if that uh, how that if that would be legal. I I think this is one
0: of those situations where they think, oh, if we give, you know, max punishment, it will deter. Uh, I don't think that's ever worked in the history of crime. (laughs) Like, punishment has never deterred crime, I don't think. It's always been an effect of. No,
2: yeah. There are hackers out there that are older than 17, Mm -hmm. and much savvier and wiser than this (laughs) kid is. They know how to stay undetected. So...
0: so. Yeah, so yes, GTA Seven will probably be leaked too in about fifteen years.
2: Yeah. Well, heck, that uh, I mean, that kid who hacked Half-Life Two—he woke up one day with a bunch of German secret police pointing guns at his face, <laughs> and that didn't stop people from hacking. So. Nintendo
0: ninjas rappel down from the ceiling. <laughs> now, Nintendo <laughs> hacks—we so haven't—we haven't talked about because we never hear about them because they're silently taken care of. <laughs>
2: like <laughs> you well, said the, they woke up one day and they got a katana to their throat and that's it and they said you know omawa oma shindiru <laughs> god pers- damn I was about to
0: say that you fucker I was trying to get out of my lap <laughs> teleports
2: behind you <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you have anything more on this so we can still stop this part
2: no but uh, like you said it it's good that it's coming out and I'm I'm going to play it and it it just judging by the screenshots and the, the short clips we saw um, it looks pretty good for what, you know, the stage that it's at and it's only going to look better. So that's a good thing. And yeah, I just, I hope it's, and they said that's not going to cause any delays, but who knows if that's true. And plus they never even said a definitive. Release it's not going to cause
0: a movie, delay so. of a thing we haven't said when we're done.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it may have, yeah. and
0: we wouldn't know, anyways.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they just use this to their advantage. That, like, wow, man, we're probably going to delay this game anyway. So, okay, yeah, we got a <laughs> ready excuse now. Great.
0: And again, every, we, I yeah. say temporarily, everyone's on Rockstar's side for another couple of weeks, and then they'll do something else.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they'll go back to being Rockstar. Everybody will hate them again. Uh, and they'll go woke.
0: I'm going to cut all this, so just say whatever you need to in order to get to the next thing. How about you handle a transition for once?
2: So, how about them Souls games, huh?
0: Yeah, they suck.
2: Yeah, you hear, you hear about these? Yeah, you hear about this?
0: You hear about this? All you hear, hmm?
2: <laughs> Yeah, these uh really obscure genre of games, these Souls games.
0: Do you remember, this is going to take us back because we've been doing this piece of shit podcast off and on for a long time now and we're somehow only on episode 59 but uh, a very long time ago I had a podcast episode titled Dark Souls Sucks because I rented it from Gamefly uh, played a few hours of it worth and just got so frustrated and I said I can't believe anybody could possibly like this game and I think this was around the time Bloodborne was about to come out and uh there was an intro of a different episode where Rob was talking about his interest in Bloodborne even though he'd never played any of the other kinds of games and uh I said I'm not interested in it because it's from the same people who made it it's the same kind of game uh so let's fast forward all these years later um I've played most of them and I still really only like just the one I've come around on Dark Soul, Dark Souls one yeah, it was the PS3 version uh, and two, never was able to grab me even though I beat it twice. And three, never grabbed me. And I got really far in Bloodborne, but I never had any fun. And I haven't touched Sekiro, but I've played a lot of the clones. And Elden Ring came out this year and it's probably going to win Game of the Year from every single publication. Uh, except, well... Except maybe the Game Awards, the Jeff Awards. That's probably going to go to Ragnarok. Uh, what are your... I don't know, how did you get started? Because I remember you were also on the fence of, nah, I don't like this kind of shit.
2: Yeah, like you, I played the first one way back when it first came out. I want to say, yeah, know, 2011, 2012, around then. And I... Unlike you, I was... I wasn't smart enough just to rent it. I actually bought it. Oh. Uh, yes, yeah, I and bought it digitally. Even even worse. Um. And I played a couple hours of it. I think I got through the first couple boss. I think I got past the Taurus Demon, who's the second boss. <laughs> got out of the Asylum all that. But like you, yeah, I was just kind of... It was just... It felt like a slog. And everything just felt needlessly difficult. And I just... I wasn't really having fun with it. and. I just kind of dropped it. Denver ha- had any interest. Plus, my opinion on that on that franchise really, really turned just based solely on the fran- on the fandom surrounding it. Because uh, <laughs> around that time, that you know came around the time came out. The first one came out around when Skyrim came out, and everybody was comparing the two and. All the Dark Souls fans were, you know, there was a stupid meme of, like, how I feel after beating a boss in Dark Souls, and it's this grizzled veteran with a cigarette in his mouth, and then it's, oh, how I felt after being a boss in Skyrim. It's this little baby with the medieval helmet or something stupid like yeah, that.
0: We like to compare games here a lot, and, you know, tech, if we're being honest, they're in the same genre of RPG, but they change in the subgenre. It's like yes, they're both RPGs, but the way you interact with those random dice rolls is very different. So I don't think it's a totally fair comparison just on the kinds of games they are.
2: No, and uh, I played Dark Souls one, completed it for the first time last year, and I really, mm, really liked remastered it. on
0: the PS4 version. Yes,
2: yeah, it was really, I really liked it and really enjoyed it. I think Skyrim is an infinitely better game than the first Dark Souls. <laughs> still to this day, I mean, it's, I Sky- agree. Skyrim's in my top ten of games, whereas Dark Souls—it's probably in my top one hundred, but I don't think it's anywhere near as good a game as Skyrim. But it's a good game nonetheless, and the challenge is nice. And once you get into it, once you get used to the flow of the game, and you—yeah,
0: it—it all of these games really do follow a rhythm kind of. It's like almost a dance with every fight.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and once you get used to that, and get used to a certain boss's attack patterns or mechanics or what have you, then you can eventually, you know, try enough, you can eventually overcome it. And there is a certain satisfaction to it. Um, but yeah, it's really but it's everything, honestly with these games, it's everything in between that gave me gives me the biggest headaches. It's, <laughs> you know, it's all the ambushes and all the status effects and uh, all the environmental the incredibly long
0: distances between checkpoints
2: yeah and all the environmental hazards and whatnot mm-hmm. and uh, there'd be there'd be times where i was looking for i was like i would be looking forward to the fog wall because that i knew oh my goodness yeah at least i know there's a bonfire or whatever somewhere nearby um
0: it's like ah i have made progress
2: yeah yeah exactly and that was yeah that was definitely the most satisfying thing, especially if you get through a, a tough area, then you get to a boss and it's kind of a joke and it's like, okay, that really was, you know, this you know, that the game has built its reputation on the difficult boss fights. And for good reason, mm-hmm. you know, um, there are some, are some tough ones. And
0: so that, that's what's usually talked about, like uh, to get away specifically from the first game, but in this whole from software series and even, you know, the souls like games, Whenever someone describes them, they don't describe any individual encounter that isn't a boss. They're always talking about, this boss did this, and I got to this boss at this level, and I beat this boss on my own, but I need help for this boss. You're never talking about any of the NPCs. You're never talking about... Uh, recently, people are talking about Elden Ring environments. So I'll give them that. But nobody talked about Dark Souls 2 environments, except for the negative, or 3 you know the aesthetics of Bloodborne. A lot of people like, but you're not talking about the time you went through to Camel Lane. You're talking about the bosses you fight after that.
2: Yeah, there's some. Yeah, you're not gushing over someone's uh, NPC's character arc and mm-hmm. whatnot because in these games, it's you know it's hard even there. There are quests, but it's hard to know you know how to progress them correctly most of the time. You know what to do because it's. Most of the time, you have to follow a guy to do everything correctly. Is, would yeah. you...
0: My, my sense for this is, like... It's towards, like, themes or whatever. Would you ever think there's a middle ground in these from software games? Because it is always, for me, all, either high or low. There's no neutral point. There's no point where you're enjoying the moment-to-moment gameplay because you're stressed moment-to-moment. You know, you're not having fun in the moment of playing. But you're satisfied, certainly, after beating a boss or, you know... Finally finding a checkpoint bonfire or whatever after so many hours of searching for one. But in the moment to moment are you really enjoying yourself?
2: Uh honestly it probably it mostly depends on your loadout, I would say, and your build. Like getting that getting like if you had a magic build, if you got a really, really good spell and you were just blowing through everything and even on a (laughs) new You know, new unexplored area, uh, or if you got a, a you know a good weapon that you really really enjoy and you really like the move set, and, or a good you know really sleek piece of armor, because as we all know, it, Dark Souls is a fashion game first and foremost. Of course. Um, but at the but that you know those moments, those are only going to occur as you make a you know good deal of progress into the game. When you first start the game, then, yeah, it's just, it's stress central. I mean, mm-hmm. I was I was that way, you know, even being the first two games and starting the third game, I wanted to get into a pyromancer class, and it was my first time doing a mage build, so I was extra squishy at the beginning of the game, and I died a ton at the being, beginning <laughs> of the game, and it was not fun whatsoever. Uh, I seriously debated just not even playing three uh, at a certain, at that point in the beginning, I was kind of like, I don't I mean, have I? What do I got to prove at this point? But <laughs> um, I was able to finally plow on and get my character up and actually get some spells and my, you know, get a decent arsenal going. And by a certain point in the game, you know, I was having a pretty easy time and not dying nearly as much. Because mm-hmm, your your spells,
0: magic in all of these games is crazy OP. It it is like it's it's not from the from the same cloth it's not the same design philosophy but i always refer back to rpgs with old dungeons and dragons early dungeons and dragons you know first especially second edition in the uh, 80s the idea that a magician is going to be eventually one day super powerful at casting magic but until you get to that point a poke will kill you so you kind of need to be protected by the party at large, you know, by gentlemen's agreement, because there's no rules for this. That, okay, this is the squishy sorcerer. It's like, you're going to nuke everyone at level 20, but at level 5, you're, you're a little bitch. You can't get anything done. And uh, that design philosophy somehow carried over into these Japanese role-playing games all these years later. It's like, if you cast magic, you have no health, but eventually you'll be able to one-shot everything.
2: Yeah, it, it, like yeah, you're exactly right. It was you know these roles were created with a certain party archetype in mind, mm-hmm. and with a you know a tank, DPS, healer. You know they everybody has their own strengths and they offset each other's weaknesses. Whereas even now, as uh, as recently as Elden Ring, which is from Software's most recent and most largest in, some may say ambitious game. It's still the same way, because I you can uh, you can actually respec an Elden Ring, which is very nice. And I respec into a magic class, oh, I would say, uh, about three-fourths of the way into my playthrough. And, yeah, I had, by the time I was collecting, I had collected a, a ton of spells, and I had some really good ones in there, and I was just melting everything in sight. But uh, if something fell on top of me and hit me a couple times, I was dead. That was it, you know? It's in... Because I was wearing armor that either increased my intelligence or my MP uh, hmm. or, you know, didn't or just weighed enough that it was under the, you know, certain, the threshold where you can you know, have a medium roll instead of the heavy fat rolls.
0: Yeah, none of these games allow for real cross-classing, which is one of my favorite things in any RPG. It's like, okay, I'm a mage, but I can wear heavy armor, so I'm not going to die in one hit. Or, you know, I'm a warrior, but I have enough, you know, magic defense that I'm not going to immediately get owned by the nearest mage. That's not really a thing you can do in these Souls games.
2: At least not. Yeah, no, I would say definitely not in Dark Souls and it's really only possible in Elden Ring really, really late game or even new game plus, mm. uh, which is what I did. I, I started a new game and I played a little bit and I beat a few bosses, but I, I respect into a faith build. Um, but I made sure, yeah, to get my strength and uh, endurance up a certain <laughs> up a certain amount so I could use certain weapons and armor and, like you said, you know where i'm not quite as squishy but my faith is still fairly fairly high but that's because i'm over leveled for what i even for where i am in new game plus so yeah but like cross classing in the middle of the game yeah it's you're just you're not going to be a master of anything and it's just Hmm. it's just you're going to hinder yourself
0: it's, it's kind of strange that the game would even separate, at this point, after all, what's, I think we counted seven, including Sekiro, right? Uh, at this point, they're still using the same design philosophy in player builds. It's like, okay, you can be strong man, you can be quick man, or you can be magic man. That's it.
2: Yeah, it, it when I say cross classes aren't, Viable. I mean, if you're a veteran of these games, then yeah, it certainly is. And if you know what's coming and you know what spells are the best and what enemies are weak to, what type of damage or what have you, then yeah, you can manage it. But yeah, it's not hmm. not very friendly for for newbies to cross class. It's yeah, you basically yeah, you're either you know tank, rogue, or mage. And even the even the 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 last two for a newbie or is not easy. Um like I said I you know Dark Souls 3 I started Magic Class and I played the first two games and I was having a tough time. So. <laughs> it definitely seems to encourage you to be a to be a strength build for most of these games.
0: Yeah. at the very least encourage you to be single minded in purpose. It's like you're you're on the strength build and you better stay on that build because it doesn't help to build evenly in any of them.
2: No, you'll definitely shoot. you That's a good way to shoot yourself in the foot in these games. I, I learned very quickly.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and to get away from specific mechanics, so you've beaten Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, Bloodborne, Sekiro, which is a kind of spin-off considering it started as a different kind of game, Elden Ring, and then the Demon Souls remake. That's seven. And you beat them all, right?
2: Yes, I have, yeah.
0: Well, good for you. Uh,
2: what... Now I'm the dark. Did you 100 percent all of them? Uh, as far as trophies, no, no. I think I only 100 percented uh, Bloodborne and Sekiro, and I got a lot of the trophies in Elden Ring, but the other ones I'm missing are the endings, and it's a hundred-hour game. So I
0: thought you had demons too.
2: Oh yeah, you're right. I have demons as well. Um, that one took a few playthroughs, but it's probably it's the shortest of these games. So. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. It's uh, definitely the best looking of all these games, uh, mm. which is understandable because it's smaller in scope than most of them, anyways. So
0: also, it's dedicated hardware. And, like even Elden Ring was last gen.
2: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. They uh, somehow squeezed it on the PS4 and Xbox One.
0: So uh, rank them. What's the worst? What's the best? Okay. We don't oh, need to no. go through all seven. Just, just like, worst and best.
2: Uh, worst is uh, definitely Dark Souls 2. Agreed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it had the absolute most uninspiring boss design, at least in the base game. The DLC was probably the best part of the game, and if that's the best part of your game, then that's not a good sign. Hmm. Um, and then, after that, probably... I would say Dark Souls 3. And, which I really enjoyed. And I think Dark Souls 3 probably had some of the most memorable bosses of any of these games. Um, And it had some, you know, pretty cool locations. You know, like we mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of the settings, you know, they're... From software, they have their favorite, you know, they... They definitely have like their their favorite types of settings and whatnot. You know, there's always uh, somewhere like a blight town, or there's a swamp, mm-hmm. or there's a volcano place, or there's an ice place and whatnot. And honestly, they just kind of run together. <laughs> at some, you know, some well, that's point. typical
0: video game design. You know, back to yeah. fucking Mario.
2: Yeah, no, it's not unique to them. But uh, yeah, th- the most memorable things about these games are definitely the bosses. And three had them had some really good ones. Um, and then after that, probably, probably Dark Souls 1. It was really, it was, it was really good. Um, I could, you know, it was, it, even for a remaster, it was pretty dated. It was, mm, uh, um, yeah. you moved very, very slow in the game, but, uh, luckily. Oh, I the, up...
0: For sure, the slowest
2: of all the games. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, if you try and, if you play, Bloodborne, Elden Ring, and then try going back, going back and playing the first Dark Souls. Yeah, it's night and day, and it's it's uh really, really uh, slog to get through. But I ended up enjoying it. I was able able to acclimatize because uh, you know, hey, I grew up on old games, so
0: didn't yeah. take too
2: long to get used to it. But uh, and then after that, probably I would say Bloodborne. Which is the most recent one I played, and one I was least interested in initially because I, like, I didn't, I didn't really care for the aesthetics when it first. Yeah, came like out.
0: when you when you told me you were playing through these games, you're like, all oh, right, I beat I beat three. I was like, oh, you can do Bloodborne now. You're like, I don't know, i might do something else. You you really delayed Bloodborne for yourself.
2: Yeah, um, that old English Victorian style has never really appealed to me in
1: hmm.
2: anything. Like, um, that's why I I never even beat Syndicate, and Syndicate's a really really good Assassin's Creed game, but yeah. uh, and it got some of my favorite characters. But yeah, I just was... hate the
0: British. You know what? what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah,
2: I know I'm three fourths British, but I I hate them. I'm a self-hating <laughs> Brit descendant.
0: I'm a self-hating Mexican, so it's fine.
2: Mm. But, uh, yeah, and I'm still not crazy about it, and the game has never re- received a patch or a remaster, so it was 30 FPS, but, yeah. again, I mean, I just got, got just got used to that. Um, I'm not one of those that I need every single game to be in 60 FPS or higher. Um, I can, you know, I can go back to a 30 FPS game. It's nice when there's, uh, you know, higher... Uh, frame rates or what, whatnot. But uh,
0: I, I think the preferable thing is stability, because yeah. one of the things they did for the Dark Souls Remaster is stability. It's like it would vary a lot, you know. Especially old, you know, PS3 Blighttown is a different kind of game than PS4 Blighttown.
2: Yeah, yeah, and there'd probably be a lot of people out there that said I didn't get, I didn't experience the true Dark no, Souls. No, you, but...
0: you, the real Dark Souls <laughs> is PS3 Blighttown. Yes, <laughs>
2: that's that's where it real starts. <laughs> for reals this time but uh yeah i really in bloodborne i really again it had some it had some interesting bosses not not my favorites because it's there's a lot of lovecraftian influence Mm -hmm. uh and a lot of the bosses and stories um spoilers uh i did not expect there to be aliens in bloodborne i thought it was just yeah the
0: the big the big head guys show up and you're like oh we're just gonna do anything now okay
2: yeah, then you're fighting some weird alien squid monster and then mm-hmm. Big fucking gen-
0: Cthulhu's all over the place, yeah. Yeah,
2: it's it got really weird. I thought it'd just be vampires and werewolves and whatnot, but no, yeah, enemies in space. Um but I really like the trick weapons in that game. How every hmm. there were you know, not nearly as many weapons as there were in Dark Souls games, but every weapon had a secondary use to it and uh it uh, you had a lot of had a lot of variety in in play styles and I really really enjoyed that and had fun with that. So um, after that, probably probably the Demon Souls remake. Uh, like I said, it's beautiful, it's a really good mm-hmm. looking game. Um, it's p- probably the most punishing is in terms of uh, length between uh, checkpoints. It's basically yeah, because it was it was their
0: first from what, two thousand nine or two thousand ten so were in there. Uh,
2: yes, and it's a it is a one to one remake. It, there is no, as far as I mm-hmm. can tell, there is no variation whatsoever. There's enemies are in the same place, uh, items are in the same place, uh, same weapons, spells, w- everything. We, we, everything. We've had this
0: that. we've had this discussion on this show before and off. It's like. You know, the difference between Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 2 Remake, the difference between Final Fantasy 7 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake, Demon Souls is the most accurate remake ever.
2: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, and it's it's very short. It's a pretty short game uh, hmm. compared to the rest of them. It's Probably like 10 or 15 hours or whatnot. But uh, it's got a pretty good difficulty curve. Uh, but it's still it's still got one of the just still got one of the dumbest game mechanics I've ever experienced in the world tendency
0: the tendency system yeah
2: and like if you die in your human form then the tendency goes darker and then enemies start getting stronger and it's basically punishing you for sucking at the game and you know not knowing. Not knowing these systems, even though never is, they never told you what they which is which is very strange,
0: because they already had they abandoned that immediately after that game and never did it again because yeah. they realized how stupid it is. Yeah. Because there's already a built-in mechanic for punishing you for sucking. Everyone comes back to life who you killed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you lose all your souls. You yeah. you, know, you, you,
0: you don't need to... extra punishment.
2: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're exactly right.
0: Although, 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 now that I'm thinking about it, they did do that again in Dark Souls too which is why it's the worst one because it's like oh you died you lose some of your health oh you died again you lose more
2: yeah that was that was the absolute worst i, I have no <laughs> idea what they were thinking on that and the fact that you have to equip a certain like demon like demon souls like dark souls 2 yep like if you want to offset that you have to wear you have to basically waste one of your ring slots to mm-hmm. restore some of your uh hp that you lost or just keep turning human and you know hope you don't die but uh <laughs> Let's got used to that. I, I really, really ended up enjoying it, and I really, uh, especially the Magic classes were, like you said, they're overpowered in these games, but they are, it's, Magic is extremely broken in Demon Souls, and I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad they didn't fix it in the remake, because you can just, you can blast through everything. Even on New Game Plus, my, I was having an easier time on New Game Plus than I was during the first playthrough, because I was just able to just go up to a boss and Get behind it. Firestorm dead. Okay, next. Do, 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 do. Patsy. And then we got Sekiro and Elden yeah, Ring. Yeah, uh, uh, probably my second favorite of these From Software games would have to be Elden Ring, and honestly, it might just be because just this the sheer scale of the game because it's it it's got the Maybe not the most beautiful, but the but at least the most sweeping landscapes of any of these games. Um, and there is something
0: pseudo there, <laughs> open world.
2: Yeah, it's a very uh, open world, and it's very there's there's a novelty to a game like Dark Souls being an open world, and this may not. You know, this may sound like a minor thing, but for an open world, I think it's very important. It probably has one of the the uh, best horse animations and mechanics that I've played, hmm. uh, and the only game I can think that did it better would probably be Red Dead 2, um, which is saying something. because <laughs> you're, you're a cowboy in that game. Your horses are your life but the horse you get in Elden ring torrent is so easy to maneuver and he can traverse almost anywhere you want him. He's got a double jump which is nice and he's fast as hell and it's really really easy to get out get out into the open world and and enemies in the open world are not nearly as tough as ones you uh, fight in what they call dungeons and because uh, there's two types of dungeons there's <clears throat> legacy dungeons which are special areas big special huge special areas that are remind you know kind of you know supposed to resemble dark souls levels in the old games and then there's regular dungeons which are basically cookie cutter type mini dungeons that get old really really fast
0: so they copy paste chalice Dungeon from bloodborne uh
2: yeah essentially um yeah so yeah listeners who may not know but chalice dungeons were basically these online these dungeons you enter code in and or you create a ritual and then you go in and there'd be there'd be a certain formula you go in there's a lever you have to find that's usually protected by a tough enemy. You pull the lever, open the door, you go through the door, you eventually fight a boss, and they get old really, really fast.
0: What happened in the development of Bloodborne is they experienced boss bloat. They had more bosses than they actually had levels, and they didn't know where to put them or what to do with them, and they didn't fit in the lore, quote-unquote. So they just dumped them all to this extra optional area, and some incredibly unique, you'll never see ever again kinds of bosses are stuck way the hell down in those childless dungeons, and there's no real reason for them to be there other than to be there. They're just there, and in order to get them, you got to slog through the same room kind of over and over and over.
2: Yeah, and you need to go through the dungeons to get the best, uh, get certain types of gear and the best gems and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it's it's soul sucking, literally, after a while. It's a bad idea
0: that they just kept going with,
2: yeah. Yeah. It was a uh, yeah, it was just a it was a terrible experience and otherwise really, really good game and Elden <laughs> yeah, Elden Ring does uh copy that. Not nearly as badly because they're they're totally optional. Well Chalice Dungeons were too. Um but um at least in the the little mini dungeons of Elden Ring, there's usually something pretty good at the end. There's a a weapon, or a piece of armor, or a spell, or an ash or A reward or for you. this pain, yeah.
0: As yeah. opposed to Chalice Dungeon, which is a key to the next Chalice Dungeon.
2: Yeah. But, uh, you know, in these mini-dungeons, they had their own bosses, but I think there was only, like, five or six unique bosses, and then they were just hmm. all duplicated after that. <laughs> uh, it so, just so this across. has the
0: opposite problem. They have too many rooms and not enough bosses to put in there.
2: Uh, yeah, essentially, yeah. I think they they probably could have cut the mini-dungeons, excuse me, down in half, and uh, mm. maybe even more than that. I think they'd been just fine. Because the leg- the legacy dungeons, the bigger ones, are really, really good. They're really really unique. They have um, unique enemies. They have usually some really, really good gear scattered around, and uh, interesting NPCs you can meet, and all that good stuff. And there's usually... Um, He's usually one of the main bosses at the end of it that you uh, can face and uh, even though like I said there's uh, there, there's a lot of lot of dupe bosses in Elden ring the 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 big bad main bosses that you have to fight the story bosses are all at least from a di- design standpoint excellently done mm. and some of them are extremely unique there's one uh, Redan, who's this? Just this big old Hohen Gladiator guy, and he's it's hilarious because he rides on this tiny. He's this. He's like twenty feet tall, and he rides on this like normal tiny sized horse. And the poor horse is just like straining under his weight, but it still doesn't give in. He's just riding around the arena, and the arena is this just huge, vast desert expanse. And you can summon uh, like Dark Souls games there's summon signs where you can summon NPCs and in this arena mm-hmm. there's about a dozen of them you can you can summon like 8 or 9 different NPCs to come and help you fight and it's essentially a raid it's an MMO raid in a Dark Souls <laughs> game and it was a really really cool experience unlike anything else in any other Souls games and it was a ton of fun and he was a tough he was he was a tough boss he was Really, really, um, yeah, it was, it was really satisfying taking him down and uh, especially getting his weapons because he has a really, really awesome weapon and armor set. But uh, yeah, the main bosses are all top notch. I mean, some of the best they've from software has ever done. And um, yeah, I, it, as far as like the open world does, it goes, I don't know if it did anything truly unique except for what i said earlier just the just the novelty of you know dark souls game type front software
0: game open world yeah
2: yeah um but as far as like you know what you discover and what you interact with it's you know it it's the same as most other open worlds but again it was a it, pretty pretty cool experience but uh, well, uh everyone point, is good no, go i was just going to transition to number 1 i'll say
0: every everyone is uh kissing elden ring's ass this year certainly but despite all that, you still like Sekiro the best.
2: Yeah, and Sekiro was my the first software from Software game that I completed, and I, as soon as I beat it, I played it again and beat it again, and that's just <laughs> how much I like that's how much I liked it because it's you know not a short game it's 20-25 hours something like that, but uh, originally it was supposed to be a Tenchu game because From Software yeah. has the rights to Tenchu.
0: The stealth assassin game where you poison rice balls.
2: <laughs> yes, and you have a blast doing it. And I, as much as I would have loved a new Tenchu, I think Sekiro was a, uh, a good alternative because it has the most unique battle system from any of the mm. other from software games. Um, still has the same, uh, a lot of this similar formulas and systems of other from software games like the quest design is still atrocious and um, and just unnecessarily confusing but um, it really it uh, like we were saying earlier it had the these games have the have these flow to combat and that's Mm -hmm. especially so in sekiro uh, where instead of dodging attacks and waiting for your opportunity to strike, the game encourages, encourages you to attack, 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 and then parry. Parry an opponent's attack. You know, and it's just... You have these meters called the poise meters. Um, or is it posture? I can't remember. They keep changing the names. Yeah, they, they um, use the
0: same... a similar mechanic through many games, but change the name.
2: And and you're basically trying to get your opponent's poise meter up to the max so you can stagger them while also keeping an eye on yours. So you don't get staggered and uh, yeah, it just, it creates this just really unique rhythm. That's different for every boss in the game. And uh, Mm. there's still some of my, some of my favorite boss encounters, not just in from software games, but of all time, Uh, there Mm. were, there were times where uh, there was a couple bosses in Sekiro where my hands were sweating. I could barely hold the controller. My heart's beating like 150 beats per minute. And, uh, whenever, when I finally would, did beat the boss, you know, I just, you know, had this feeling of exhilaration that I never, and it's like, like, that's what, that's what I imagine people described when they were talking about the first Dark Souls. And honestly, I never really felt that way with any of the Dark Souls games. I mean, yeah, there were bosses that were tough and that were really cool to fight, and um, I was pleased when I beat them, but I was, like, Sekiro, I mean, I was like, I was literally... That, that was after, your I get it moment? Yeah, there was, after one of them, after a, one of the bosses who's a optional boss, and he's arguably the toughest boss in the game, after I finally defeated him, I was... I mean, I had I was jazzed up. I had to go for a run after that. I was just like so pumped <laughs> up after that. It was it was an incredible feeling, and uh, it never really felt that way about any of the other bosses in any of the From Software games. And maybe it's because it was my first From Software game, but yeah, I uh, never forget your first. I was, I was gonna say that absolutely
0: had happened with me with Smo and Ornstein in uh, Dark Souls One, which is ostensibly the midway point of the game, and it took me a v- fucking month of going at it to get really get it done. So I definitely felt that exhilaration. I think the music helped and the environment, you know, it's the, it's the overcoming the trial. That's supposed to to be the appeal of this thing. Mm -hmm. But I think when you overcome a trial so many times, it does begin to lose its appeal. It's like, okay, well, it's another one of these things. It's going to be hard. It's like, yep, sure is.
2: Yeah. And I definitely, I don't get me wrong. I had a similar feeling with Simone or Ornstein because I mean, at that point, it was like, it, like in second row, there's there is a boss where you you start fighting them, and then there's kind of like a, a tougher enemy that comes in, like a sort of mini miniature version of said boss that comes in, and that was a big oh shit moment. But yeah, small Smog, Smog and uh, Ornstein were two ex- like extremely different opponents, both in appearance and fighting style and yeah just to see them work in tandem with each other trying to take you down it was like i was that was like the first like well my i feel like i felt like I was in over my head in that game hmm. and uh but yeah it's you, you if you do something enough times then you i don't know you you kind of lose yeah the you,
0: Desensitize. yeah the right a little yeah
2: here? there's not too many surprises you know you when you're a veteran of these games. Uh, but so uh, I,
0: I've, uh, I've played all but the last two you've mentioned. I've I I played all of them except for Elden Ring and Sekiro. I own Sekiro and I'll install it one of these days, I promise. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not currently interested in Elden Ring, perhaps next year. I've only finished two of them. I've gotten pretty far in another one and not so far in two others. But uh, it's just like, man... We talked about this before in an older episode. It's like, what am I proving here? It's like, okay, it took me a long time to beat Dark Souls 1, but then I did it, and it was awesome. And then I did it again, and I was like, it was slightly less awesome. And then I beat Dark Souls 2, and I was like, this isn't as good. <laughs> and then I beat Dark Souls 2 again, and I said, like, no, this still isn't as good. So by the time I got to Bloodborne and Giant Spider Church, and then the Dark Souls 3, and it's like, oh, this, I'm not having fun anymore. It's like the fun factor is just gone. I don't, I don't know that it... It's entirely possible that it can be reclaimed in Sekiro or Elden Ring. I'm not disputing that, but I'm doubting it. It's like, I don't know that I'm ever going to feel like I did again with the small and Ornstein part, which I think is... I don't know if it's a design philosophy problem with FromSoftware, because they've been successful with it. So there's no reason to change up the formula. But I I, I don't know how many Souls-like games you've played. I've played, like, five other kinds of Souls-like games. You know, there's Neo... And Hellpoint and Lords of the Fallen and The Surge and some other damn thing on Xbox I've already forgotten how unimpressive it is. But they all use the same style of formula. And I guess I'm having just as much fun, quote unquote, as I would be playing, you know, the Dark Souls 3 or whatever, because it's the same idea. So I'm wondering if the feeling is just the overcoming the challenge the first couple of times. Because you may have really liked Elden Ring and you know Demon Souls, but did you was it as high as it was when you beat Sekiro? You know what I'm saying?
2: Uh, no, because Elden Ring is basically it's like Dark Souls three in an open world, and it's it, it does yeah it's got some different I mean, it's got some different stuff in it. You can jump, and like I said, you got a horse that you can ride around in. But if you play Dark Souls three, then Elden Ring will feel very very familiar to you. And I, and, but Sekiro just felt so different that it, uh, Mm -hmm. from the other games that it, you know, is easy to set it apart. I really, really enjoyed the battle system. I love the, the franticness and the, the really, really fast pace of the fights in that game. So, um, and as far as boss encounters go and becoming desensitized to them, you know, in the uh, case of Ornstein and Small, that's, I don't. I don't think From Software is ever going to duplicate that feeling again with that specific mm-hmm. fight because not only was that a, a, a challenge and a huge hurdle for a lot of players because it was a du- uh, duo boss, but it was also a very well-designed duo boss as well. Yeah,
0: in later games, like, I know in 2, the second-to-last boss, technically, is is a, another two one-on-two fight. But the, the two you fight, are they... Basically, exactly the same kind of archetype. Mm-hmm. So, in there, and I think at some point in Dark Souls 2, you also have to fight two, like, Dragon Riders at the same time, but they're the same character. You just, the same NPC, really, You're the same boss, yeah. twice. Uh, whereas ONS were different by design on purpose. And then it mm-hmm. seems in future games, when you've had to face double bosses, they've been the same thing.
2: Yeah, exactly right. They're, and they, they're very different, but they complement each other very, very well. And, when one went down, then the other one ate their soul and then powered up <laughs> and then it was, you know, uh, incorporated some of their counterparts' moves into their own moveset. And yeah, it's just... it the, Even the second phase was... Uh, you know, felt fresh in that case. But uh...
0: And then at some point, I believe, after Bloodborne, you'd have to tell me for the newer games, but I know I saw this in Dark Souls 3 a ton of Bloodborne influences where... Uh, you'll be fighting an enemy in bloodborne and then just because they'll transform into a completely different kind of entity it's like oh i'm a third of the way down my health now to use my extra attack i normally wouldn't use and this was very true in the dlc for sure and so when that started seeping into dark souls 3 when i played it it it's like goddamn nearly every scrub enemy is like oh a squid popped out of his head halfway through come on man we can do this with everybody now it turns out yes
2: yeah, Dark Souls 3 does it even in the first boss. Uh, yes, Dax it does. Was, yeah, Iudex. Yeah, IU Gundeer, yeah, And he just, yeah, all of a sudden just these giant tentacles sprout out of his head and it's, of this, you know, giant guy in armor and it just felt totally out of place and yeah, you can definitely see the influences of Bloodborne on 3 especially. Um, Elden Ring, Elden Ring does have that. Um, I don't think, there's not, in the main bosses there aren't uh, there, not too many anything egregious one of the main ones you fight like halfway when you get his health bar halfway through he like sticks a he, he like sticks his arm into a dragon severed dragon's head and then he uses that to spray <laughs> fire it's actually pretty cool um <laughs> But it's just, yeah, not like coming out of his body just randomly or what, you know, some entity that you know is not related or anything like that. But um, uh,
0: you've made me use two percent of my power.
2: Yeah, but uh, yeah, quite a few of them do have secondary phases, but they all they all felt, you, you know, they all fit with the with that boss. It felt, you mm-hmm. know, is you know, as far as their design or their lore or whatever. So nothing too nothing uh... too egregious.
0: Uh, to close this out, uh, now, can you tell me what was your favorite story of all of these games?
2: How <laughs> do I don't even know what the story is in any of these <laughs> games? Surely Sekiro has a story. It does. It does. Um, but again, it's it, it's it got multiple endings, like most of them. I think it's got four oh, yeah. endings. Um,
0: because I, I'm on the side of, again, I haven't played two of them. But I'm on the sides of none of these stories matter. I don't give a fuck about any of the NPCs.
2: Yeah, no, I'm. And that goes for any of the games. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. I mean, it's just like the first game, you're lighting these fires and or extinguishing them and putting the age in darkness, and it's just like doesn't matter whatsoever. It has no bearing on the, <laughs> on the on the next games and second game. I I don't even remember the second like you're. Your families get killed by a curse, and then you get inflicted by it. And you're trying to lift it. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I, think I, can't, I know he has. An, <laughs> I was just, because yeah. well,
0: because you come across some fucking NPC. I'm gonna steal this from the internet, but it's like, ah, shit, that's dead dude. You came from dead ass swamp. You must go fight the big sad king in the high tower of. <laughs> Watch out for evil dog. <laughs> it's like NPCs are fucking worthless in all these games.
2: Yeah, they they don't help you at all. It's as far as progressing in your quest go, but uh yeah, 2 I have no idea. I know there was a king that was like in a tower that you killed and then Probably there was another <laughs> there was a throne watcher and then a throne defender or something. There was a it, big tree guy, yeah. Yeah, there's some big blob that was a scholar that you had to kill and I don't know. And then yeah, 3 was much the same as the first one, just whether, you know, lighting the fires or you know Plunging the agent, darkness, and blah 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 all that.
0: Bloodborne is like, ah, dreamer, hunter, dream hunt, hunt, dream hunter, hunter, hunter.
2: Yeah, you either wake up, take over the dream, or become a tentacle, and then this anime girl picks you up. And I think we've all seen enough hints. <laughs> I know where that leads. Um, and then, yeah, Demon Souls almost had a coherent story you know there was a kingdom it has a
0: very similar story in the lore quote-unquote to uh bloodborne in fact because it's just like old gods reawakened
2: yeah there's a there's a kingdom and then a fog rolls in and then demons start coming out of the fog and killing everybody then then like a giant tree demon comes along and the king makes a deal with a giant tree demon he's able to get stronger using demon souls but then (laughs) he becomes corrupted and then Another demon starts impersonating the king, and then king's like a blob. Can you, name, you have to kill him.
0: Can you name any non-boss NPC? Any game?
2: Uh, well, there's Andre, Andre the, the black blacksmith. Smith, right, I took and, that one. You can't use it. Damn it. Uh, there's the maiden black, and I Demon guess Souls. Counts. Um, there's also Ben the blacksmith. And demon <laughs> Souls, or is it Ed? No, it's Ed. It's Ed. <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think like that's
0: that that's it reaches my overarching point of like none of these people <laughs> are memorable and you don't care the point of the game is the game you know story Just, doesn't matter your friendly npcs don't matter
2: well there was in sekiro there's emma um she's the sekiro waifu and she's probably my favorite waifu uh, all right. of all the sekiro's because you uh you give her you give her your seed and then she increases your, your flask number. Your Wonderful.
0: Uh, can you name a single Bloodborne
2: NPC? Um, There's the doll girl. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> the one you, you, you
0: remember you the you level up women, but you don't it, remember any
2: characters. Well, it's, I mean, them with the blacksmiths are the one you, ones you interact with the most. So obviously those ones only ones you're going to remember. But... Most of them don't have names and even if they do you have to look on the internet and it's like no, oh, <laughs> I would have known that. Yeah, this is one I of those, those games where if you
0: want to see the real story, you gotta look up fucking Destiny Wiki or whatever.
2: Yeah, or watch a Vati Vio Via movie or whatever his name is. Uh, look, uh, I think he makes up, I think he makes up stuff <laughs> a lot of the times. Yeah, Everybody it's just like, accepts it.
0: And you like, go I... you go to, uh, what's the guy's name? Miyazaki, right? You go to Miyazaki, he's like, hey, is the real story behind Bloodborne this? And he would probably be like, Yeah. Sure. Why not? Yeah, whatever you say. <laughs> Buy my next game. Don't care.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're on by Tencent now, so... We got that and going for us.
0: Which means uh, the next Souls game will have microtransactions.
2: Yay. <laughs> Tata wins.
0: What do you think the future for this series could be, considering you know where they've gone with Elden Ring? What can they do next, really?
2: Well... As we know, publishers and developers love to follow the money. Yeah. And Elden Ring made a shit ton of money. Yep. So if I had a guess, I would say it would be another it would be another open world game. And Yeah, it just I hope they I wouldn't mind another open world game from software. You're games, not fatigued but, with the series? Well, I was going to get to that. I think they, for me personally, I think they need to, they need to start experimenting. They need to, they need to switch things up. How much? I don't know. Cause you, you, know, you still, you can make the argument that if they change too much, then, you know, you kind of, you lose the identity of the series. Yeah. Um, especially if it's another, if it's an Elden Ring sequel. Now, if it's an entirely new IP in an, uh set in a different world and whatnot, then you know, they may have a little more uh leeway to change things up. But uh yeah, I think it'll be another open world game, but I also think they uh I would love to see them experiment with new mechanics. Um uh we talked a little a little online but uh off, excuse me offline and like one of my biggest gripes with Elden Ring and it's something I thought they would they would have implemented, but they didn't was just uh, the, the pace of your character. If you're a certain bill, like a strength build, you're way down in armor. You expect not to be able to move very fast. Hmm. Um, you can, you, you know, where you can build up your endurance enough and put on certain pieces of equipment where you can still have your medium rolls as, as it were. You're not, you're not just you know, got heavy rolling everywhere, but It'd be nice if you were, if you were, say, a uh, a dexterity build, and you were playing more like a rogue character with knives and leather armor and all that. It'd be nice if you could maybe move a little faster, or have a flip or something. Uh, you know, something. You know, just make it feel like I'm playing a <laughs> speed sp- character. Something to spice it up. Yeah, or if you're, you know, if you're a magic class, have a blink. Have something where I can teleport back or sideways or mm-hmm. something. Some, you know, some escape mechanic, you know, to help me defensively instead of just like, okay, I need to nuke down this enemy in front of me because if he hits me or sneezes at on me, I'm dead. Yeah. You know, just have something, you know, yeah, some have some defense mechanism where I can maneuver around and escape and whatnot and if you want that to co- cost mana or stamina or both then fine whatever but uh, you know just yeah make these make them a little more unique you know a guy in full plate armor should not move as fast as a rogue in leather armor in my opinion <laughs> and that's really something i w- would really uh want them to put in the next game it's just uh have these classes actually feel different vastly different in my opinion and I have a, just... a, a
0: real reason to pick between the three archetypes quote unquote.
2: yeah exactly
0: uh well i would hope that they add more pause features and accessibility issues to make me a professional game journalist able to beat these games because they're just too darn hard and i refuse to get good i don't have time to get good <laughs> too, too old to get good i'm not too old to get good i just don't care <laughs> I don't want to put in the time it needs uh, to get good. I did for Dark Souls One. I put. I told you I put a solid month into that game. And then after that, I was like, "Yeah, that's all the investment I'm, I'm given. am uh, but I want to thank you, the listener, for investing your time in this show. You can find me on the internet on Twitter at Loki Jarson. Stizzy, uh, you can find in the in the. I don't want to say dark web because that makes you sound evil. In the brown web.
2: Yeah, yeah, more like the, the uh... I don't know, the tan, the something like an like an earth earthy color. Yeah, not, yeah, earth, not quite. he's an earthbender. Not, earthbending yeah, I'm, web. I'm not hanging uh, on Silk Road or anything, but yeah, I'm around.
0: You need some, you know, the regular shitty parts of Reddit instead of the really shitty parts of
2: Reddit. Of course, of course.
0: Uh, <laughs> you have any final thoughts or close up here?
2: No, no. Just uh Kind to reiterate it when I started with, I can't believe these uh, time, so much time has passed between these. And I'm going to make the same empty promise I do every time and uh, try, to, <laughs> try to do more of these shows because it it doesn't even feel like our show. It feels like your show. It feels like I'm a guest at this point, which well, I essentially am. W-
0: well, my, my brother has come on the last dozen episodes and we, you know, you know, the last episode we spent most of it talking about fucking Marvel movies. So I've expanded the scope, shall we say, of this podcast.
2: Hey, I'd be up uh, for that, too. And yeah, I'm I'm not trying to portion blame to you at all. I mean, it's totally my fault. You know, I could make time if I wanted to.
0: As the host, I'm gonna blame you too. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Uh, goodbye and good night.
2: Good night.